Amen. Amen. If you are blessed, give me an amen. Amen. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's open our Bibles and take our declaration of God's glory, and then we'll get into our teaching for this evening. Let's start from Psalm number 2. Again, please, let's all use the same version um, so that our voice can sync properly. That's just the reason. The book of Psalms number 2, I want us to read so as to drive out all the demons that wanted to come to Enugu. Yes, I want to tell them that they can't stay here. I heard they came to make trouble. I said, great mistake. They should have known that trouble will not allow you to endure here. So let's drive them away. Amen? Amen. All right, if you are ready, say amen. 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 If you don't have a um, um, new American standard, please, I want to insist, share with somebody who has beside you. All right? Don't stop only use your own version. Apostle, you know some human beings, this is my Bible, now I go read. They say the one God wrote is King James. This is the official Bible. They say it's the authorized version. Authorized by who? They did not ask. I said the Holy Spirit authorized it. Please, let's use the New American Standard just so we can rhyme together, okay? All right, if you are ready, say amen. Amen. So, one, two, let's go. Wow. the nations in an opera and the peoples devising a vain thing. The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Amen. Let me say to you again, Jesus is Lord. Amen. If you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. Over this nation, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Over Africa, we declare that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And we are therefore saying to all kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. It is time to worship the Lord with reverence. Listen, everyone who will rise up against the Lord Jesus Christ is coming down. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. Amen. Anyone who will rise against his church is coming down. Amen. Everybody prepare. The reign of Jesus over this nation has come. Amen. Nigeria, prepare. The reign of the Lord over you has come. Amen. We declare it as the people of God. Amen. And we say reign Lord Jesus. Everybody say that. Reign Lord Jesus. Say one more time. Reign Lord Jesus. Another time. Reign Lord Jesus. Another time. For the last time, reign, reign Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus reign. Amen. In Jesus' name we are praying. Now before we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding. Quickly, one, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, 
I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Alright, that word is coming to you and is blessing you especially again today. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. And let's continue to remove every foreign God out of our lives. Again, let's begin from the book of Exodus chapter 20. The commandments that the Lord gave to Israel on Sinai. Which are broken down nicely into... Ten commandments. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, that is thousands of generations, to those who love me and keep my commandments. He said, this is the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Let me read that again from the, new, uh, from the Young's Literal Translation. Young Literal Translation of the Holy Bible. It says that verse 7 like this. Thou dost not take up the name of Jehovah thy God for a vain thing. For Jehovah acquitted not him who taketh up his name for a vain thing. Now, this is an understanding I got from that as I was reading it. That I was not saying, don't take that name and think it is vain. No. Don't take it and give it to a vain thing. And that's the instruction we are trying to all right, um, abide by in this, our studies. To ensure that we recognize the name of God and give it to him alone. It is possible for you to take the name of God or try to and give it somewhere else. We've been explaining for some time that God's aim is not so that he will be so great, everybody will bow before him. He's already great. That's not in doubt. He's not trying to make himself feel more important than he already is. That is not, you know, when you see people trying to throw around titles, do you get my point? They have a bit of an inferiority complex. And God does not have an inferiority complex. He doesn't have it, okay? You know, but sometimes we have to throw names down to help people. Like once I was in a barbering salon, and a woman brought her child to the barber to come and ask what she could do to remove the, can I use the common word, the crocro on the boy's head. Not the crocro. <laughs> and the boy had ringworm on his head. And so the barber was saying this, of course, it was an open place, but he was saying all kinds of things. So I just told the woman, listen, madam, please come. The boy had a bit of it. So I said, look, there are two ways you can do this. You can do it this way, and I, or you can just use this particular tablet. So I, I paused. I said, I'm a doctor. Now, I wasn't trying to show off. What is there to show off? But you see, the barber was talking. The cleaner was talking. 
The policeman outside was talking. The lawyer that came to cut the hair was talking. Do you get my point? The senior housewife, senior to her, was talking. Everybody was saying all kinds of things. I needed to give my words weight so that she would be able to go with it. So I told her simply, this is my qualification. And I've also raised children. And it works like this. If she doesn't want to believe after that, that's her problem. I hope you're getting my point. So that's what God is doing. He's not trying to make himself feel so important. No. It is so that he can bless us. That's why you magnify him. That's why he will say, I am God and there is none else. That is, your, your society is not God. Your degree is not God. Your father is not God. These are the things that try to pretend like they are God. And who is God? The person who can create, the person who can protect, the person who can provide, the person who can heal, the person who can secure. These are the things that we call God. I hope you're getting my point. So when he says, I am God and there is none else, that's what he was trying to say to the people. That don't go around up and down thinking if I get to this country, I will, be, I will prosper. I am God and that country is not. So he said, don't take the name of God and place it anywhere else. Last time we saw it again, the name of God is not Hebrew. The name of God is just the, type, the attribute of his character, of his power, of his person. So when we use the word provider, that's why Jesus at the point in time warned the people, don't call anyone father, okay? There is a reason why he said that. You know, in, the, in the context, he was saying something. Father being the origin of life. There are people who look at one individual and feel like with this, without this man, I can't do anything. That's what Jesus was warning against. It wasn't just the use of the title because, you see, Paul will explain that you can have many teachers, but you cannot have what? Many fathers. So he will recognize that fathers exist. You know, honor your father and your mother. He gave that instruction. So that name is not that exclusive that you can ever use it. But in, in a particular context, he was speaking. Be careful when you are looking at an individual as a source of your life. I hope you're getting my point here. So th- that's what we're trying to say. So it's very possible to take God's name and place it on a vain thing. That's what I've been trying to explain. And we have to be careful not to do that. And the reason is because we will be frustrated. If we do that, we will be disappointed. I hope you're getting my point. I feel sorry for people sometimes. They are making choices and I look and say, it just in 15 years. Listen, now, I, I, I mean, I'm beginning to call myself an old man. I, even don't, I don't feel like that. I just want to make myself a senior to Okemote okay, and Israel and Co. That's all. Okay? <laughs> okay, but they know the truth. I came to Enugu. You'd be surprised if you, do not, if you didn't know before. I came to Enugu actually in the year 2000. That's 22 years by October this year. And you know, to me, it feels like yesterday. It doesn't look like a long time. When I was younger, those days, when I would say, Abraham waited for 25 years, like, what? But now, I've waited for 22 years. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yeah, it doesn't look like such a long time. What am I to say? Many of the wrong choices people are making today, I feel sorry for them that 15 years time, you'll see this thing is wrong. It may look like a long time now. But 15 years will pass like this, you look and say, wait, what was all this about? So I always tell people, like, when you want to go to, look, if you want to pray, ask God, look, don't color it. Tell the Lord what exactly your problem is that you want him to solve. And then watch him solve it his own way. One young woman came to me once. I'd helped her with something sometime before. If I tell her story once in a while to see how the Holy Spirit leads people, okay? Because she came to me and said that the Lord said she'd come and see me, and that threw me off instantly. Don't come and harass me with spirituality. But you know, she was right. But not because she said to me, the Lord said. She came in, said the Lord said I should come and see you. And in my mind, who are you? Which Lord sent you? There are all kinds of laws these days. <laughs> I had that kind of attitude. But I had this idea, please don't harass me with spirituality. I'm busy, please go. And as she was leaving, the Lord said to me, 
listen to the voice of that young woman. Now, the Lord didn't say it like that, but something may say, just ask what she's looking for herself. So I said, wait, come. What, by the way, what do you want? Before I could finish saying it, she was ready. She had opened her bag, brought her the things that she wanted done. So I said, look, I don't have time, but let me just see. Then the Holy Spirit possessed me. <laughs> and I was done with helping her in one hour. Then after that, I said, indeed, the Lord sent this young woman. Because she came to my office, did not know I was there, and indeed, I resumed work in that place about a month before. So it's not as if she, wasn't, she couldn't have been speaking out of common knowledge. She, she could have assumed it's possible that somebody like me was, was there, but she would have been wrong just six weeks before. So I believe this after, but that's not the story. Just to tell you, I've, I've used her story to illustrate something once in a while. So one day she came back to see me. This was a few years later. Then she was a final year student. Now she has graduated. Yeah, must be up to two years. She asked whether I remembered her. Yes, I did. I recognized the face. Yeah, we were, oh, yes, you're the one that came. The Lord sent you that time, yeah. So what did the Lord send you to come and do again this time? You know that kind of attitude. So she just said whether we had work. She graduated, she needs work. She, I think by that time she was married, she had a little child, if I remember well, and that she needed work. Ah, and I said, well, now this time around you have come to the wrong person because I don't employ people. And she not said, at, at that point, she doesn't show frustration on her face. So what is the problem? Apparently she's been looking for work for some time. And she just remembered me, said, let me go and meet that man who helped me that day. That's why she came. This time around, I didn't give her work, but I gave her advice. She said something along the line. She said, maybe I should go back to school. I said, for what? And uh, she has the first degree, but then has not gotten a job for some time. So maybe she could go and get a master's degree. Ah, I sat and I said, my sister, sit down. If it is work you want, just ask God for it. This manipulation will not work. Many people who are giving out jobs don't even have this first degree that you have. I took time out to explain to her that this, because she, obviously she was a Christian, but anybody telling you the Lord said I should come and meet you must be a Pentecostal Christian, you know, that kind of thing. I was not giving her the word of God. Say, listen, my sister, they don't behave like this. God does not require this degree to prosper anybody. If it is work you need, ask him for it. If it's really work you need, though, but if it's money you want, ask for money. Because, you see, the way God behaves, where he will give you money may not be where he will give you work. Yes, he does that. He will give you money from somewhere else, and he'll give you work elsewhere. And he may connect the two in his own mind that as long as you are working here, I will give you money from there. So I did I sat down, and that's what I'm teaching us again. I said, stop connecting things for God. Go directly to what you want. If he says to you, the reason why you don't have money is that you're not working, or you're not doing the kind of work I want you to be doing, then he will open the doors for you and say, listen, go and do this work. And sometimes, the kind of doors he will open, you wouldn't think there was money inside. In fact, that's something about us and God. You come asking for money, God opens the door for money, but you look, you know, the door doesn't, you can't see anything behind it. So you close it and go back and say, Lord, I want a door open. Because they say, what's your problem? It's not money you ask for. That's the door I opened. But this door, you look inside. No. But God said, no, just enter. Then continue walking. You will find money further down the road. I'm not explaining. That's why we cannot dictate for the Lord. Just tell him exactly what is your problem. Because when I say what you want now, I decide to change it. Because sometimes what you think you want is not really what you need. Are you getting my point? There are those who, in fact, this is my illustration I use once in a while. Because of experience of lack in childhood, and their father was not rich, and they are young women, they decide they must marry a rich man. I hope you know that is a, a, 
a mindset of iniquity. Look to your left and your right. If there's any single woman, tell the person like that. You are sitting all by yourself. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a mindset of iniquity. It's a mindset of iniquity. It's worldliness. It's a sin. I mean, let's put it the way people be, they'll be afraid to do it. It is a sin. You can't think like that. You can't pray like that. As a Christian, you cannot even specifically pray and say, God, I want to walk in this particular place because you think they pay well. Those are wrong prayer points. There's nothing wrong with telling God that, Lord, please, I don't want my children to go through what I went through. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Nothing wrong with that. And I said, God, you give me a rich man to marry. That's a sin. Did you hear what I said? If you pray like that again, you have mouth pain. And that is me trying to help you. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but notice very well. That's me trying to help you. Because if nothing happens, you just keep praying that prayer. And you insist. After a while, you will get what you're asking for. But anytime you insist on your way with the Lord, you always suffer the consequences. He will give them meat after they are lost. Then he will do what? Send leanness into their souls. That's the way it works. Bear it in mind. Okay, so we can't, you can't dictate for God. Once you are dictating for him how you must solve your problem, you are beginning to walk in idolatry. Just by the way, if you are trying to connect with somebody who you think can help, and you've tried two or three times, it doesn't work, please stop. It's God blocking that road. I've lived long enough in life to know that most people habitually disappoint. It doesn't mean they are bad. It means they are human. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't mean they are bad. It means what? They are human. Their power is limited. You know, you all know that yeah, University of Nigeria teaching hospitals in this city. Sometimes, they, you know, residency, um, employment will open, and everybody starts pulling weight. People who know governors, we call governors, senators, all kinds of persons to help them get in. There one particular year, I was talking, I think, with the chief medical director. Oh, no, somebody was close to him, yes. And he said that, that the man is under a lot of pressure. That the governor of the state, now, that's arguably the most powerful, humanly speaking, individual in the state, sent him a list of 10 people he wanted, he needed employed. Despite the power of the executive governor of the state, the man employed, I think, only one or two out of the 10. Like I have tried for the governor. So all those who felt they knew the governor, the governor could not help them. Not because the governor was being wicked, not because the chief medical director was being wicked, but he had a limit. And the whole world was struggling for it. The ego of the community collect his own portion. He, the man himself, he has people too now. Oh, let's not start with the senators. Because we are streaming this in his life, I can't give you a lot of gist. All kinds of things. So when I see human beings saying that uh, they need people, I just shake my head. I said, you don't understand. People disappoint people, not because they are wicked, but because they are human. And yet that residency position, without having power, as far as I was concerned, I'd given out like two at a particular point in time. I just give them out. One of them from Kingdom World Platform here. Some people there they will remember. I just had, you know the way we sit down at the end of the meeting, we'll just be telling stories. I just said, I said, anybody needs a job that I give him no ah. One of our guys said, Sir, are you serious? Yes, he went out, picked up his phone, called one of his guys. That guy was in the north. He said, Do you want to walk to some so place? The guy said, Yes, yeah. send me your CV now. I walked to the CMD's office. I wanted the details of the story, how it came to be. Something happened. I said, Sir, please employ this person. He looked at it. He said, Did you do our interview? 
I said, yes, sir, but not in this department. He said, does he have primaries? I said, yes. He said, DA, write me an appointment letter for this individual. He didn't know who it was. He did not care. He wasn't trying to do me a favor. It wasn't a favor. I walked into his office for certain reasons. I said, sir, this position has to be filled. Actually, the person is, they put the day before, I threatened the guy that if I don't see you in one week, I give out your post. Maybe the guy thought I was joking. One week, I didn't see him. I just walked to the chief medical director. Good afternoon, sir. I said, please, fill this post for me. That guy is not serious. He was too busy to even discuss with me. <laughs> just said, hey, who do you want me to put? I said, put this individual. He didn't ask, where is he from? Who's his father? Who's his uncle? Even me. You know the interesting part? I didn't know, who the, fe- I didn't know the fellow. Oh, it's amazing. I did not know who it was. But he knew me, okay, because he could recognize me. He was my student years before. His friend was one of us here. I was just, just you know, light gist at the end of Bible study like this. I said, I have some positions I want to fill. There were two. That was the first one. And he stepped out. They, right then, they called his friend and said, are you interested? The guy said yes. So he came and gave me his friend's CV, and I walked straight to that man's office. The guy didn't, he just he asked me those questions I asked, not more. And he just said, DA, DA is short for Director of Administration. He said, please write an appointment letter for this department for this individual. And I gave it to the person, and I said, thank you, sir. And I walked away. You know, you know, some people say, you know, I'm very, I didn't even feel powerful. I don't know whether you get my point. I didn't feel important. The way the Lord arranged it, people who came to me after, can you help? No, I can't help. It's not a regular thing. It's not like, I don't carry help around in my pocket. <laughs> God uses all kinds of strange human beings in strange ways. I told, you heard me tell the story, which a friend of mine told me, of a young man who wanted to get into the same UNA. And there was a man who owned a bookshop in the market that got him in. Just saw him looking down. Why are you looking down? You don't look, you look like this. Sir, this is maybe second year. I'm trying to get to university or third year, whatever. I don't think I'll make it again this year. Say, why not? And he told one story. Say, which school do you want to go to? That one told him, he said, Sir, you didn't tell me all this while. And the guy like, why should I tell you? You are selling a bookshop here. Say, see me in the evening. Put him on the back of his motorbike and rode into the campus, rode to the house of the vice chancellor. And said, this is my friend. He needs admission now. And that was the end of it. The vice chancellor was small too at the time. He went to primary school. Not all his mates in primary school made it to become professors. That was one of them. But he still remembered him. Ah. No, I will tell you stories. In fact, today I'm in a story mood. (laughs) A friend of mine once, his daughter came and met him. And said, brought a young man, of course, you know the story. She wanted to marry this guy, you know, story, story, story. He told me, he said, said, Pastor Banky, he said, poverty is very bad, though. He said, because I started abusing the girl. What is the problem? What do you want to marry? Marry, marry, why don't you go back to school? Then his own daughter reminded him of how old she was. And he knew that she was not that young. His problem was, you want to marry now. Where would I get money? Shortly after, he he was a pastor. He was in church. You know, the way I do, his phone also goes up during church. So, but that day before he came up, he forgot his phone on. And a call came through. I think the number was blocked or something. For one reason or that, he picked his number. Like, hello? And the person said, called him by his first name. Like, hey, Banky, it's not me, just Banky. How now? Like, who is this? He said, what do you mean? It's me. He called his own name. Ah. Let's make a long story short. This powerful man called him. 
I said, come now, we need to see. I was an old friend. Ah, okay. He said, well, I should come to, no, the, let's just say it's Abuja, all right? It's not Abuja. Those of you here know it's not Abuja. <laughs> so he told his friend, he said, listen, ah, I would like to come, but you know I'm a pastor here, and that um, I don't have money for that. His guy said, no, no, money is not a problem. Go to the airport, go to so-and-so counter, give them your name. So the guy went to the airport, go to the counter, told them his name. Ah, you're welcome, sir. The, his tickets was ready. They gave it to him. He flew, landed in the big city, came out of the airport. Somebody's there was with there, waiting with his name on a placard. Oh, you're welcome, sir. Ushered him into an official car and drove into the big boss's office. So the big boss, ah, well, how, how have you been? You know, they, how did you get my number? I asked this person. Oh, they hugged each other. They gisted. Now, now reminded him that you know that my daughter. He said, ah. He's getting, she's getting married. Ah, she's a big girl now. Wow, how time flies. Please, put me, give me your account number. He said, he was walking on the streets of Enugu. He had pim, pim, pim. He checked. He tried to count the zeros that just came in. <laughs> he said he did not believe. He took his ATM card, went to an ATM machine, punched in, you know, the balance inquiry. When he saw the balance, he almost fell down. This was somebody who was still praying a few days ago, saying, this girl wants to marry. What am I going to do? The, the Jehovah overdue. <laughs> he has prepared something waiting for him. He said, when the event started there, everybody was looking like, Which, what is pastor now doing? You know, they knew him as pastor before. In his city, where they say you can't block road, he blocked the road. So, you know, this street road, they say, can't block it. He just blocked it. Look at government who came. When they saw the quality of Mopo that was there, and the official vehicles parked, they retreated. So the day of the event, the, this big friend gave him, you know, official buses, you no know, air condition, you no know, everything you needed. He said, he said, he said, Mr. Banky, God just used that man to shine me up. Everybody was looking at him like, ah, ah. It was not just the money. It was, you know, the whole razzmatazz around it. He didn't have the opportunity to pray about it. He did not even know he and that guy could ever come back into contact. The way God helps people. The way God helps people. It is a place you are looking at thinking help will come from. That is where it will not come from. And the reason why God doesn't want you to look at any vain thing and put his name there. I've given you examples of how God used lowly people and used highly placed people. In none of them did the people, persons involved think that they were connected. You know, God does that thing so everybody will fear before him. He does that so that people have seen. I remember once when we were in school, one of my students, I had to call her. I said, I just told my resident, I said, please, go and find me this student. I need to ask her a few questions. I said, I just want to know the prayer you prayed that helped you pass this exam because I saw people fight. He wasn't doing very well, but wasn't doing too badly. And these exams come in different segments. So, now, our pass mark in College of Medicine is 50%. You have to get 50, otherwise you failed. So, the, the exam comes, actually, we total 500 students for my department, 500 marks. Then, that's 250. That's your pass mark. The last part of the exam is just 50 marks. So, by the time you come in, that's the orals. You've done most of the exam. At that 50 or 100, that time, they keep on changing the rules. So, that particular day... <laughs> This young woman was interesting. Everything put together, she had not done very well. She was going to fail. But the day of the exam, you know, God just gave her fever. 
She walked into the exam hall, met one of my guys, very nice guy. And that one, seeing that she wasn't doing, because you can see the, all the previous calls, just said to make things lighter for her and all of that. But in the process, she ended up impressing him very well. Examined her very well. And she, did, she impressed him and gave him, she gave, he, he, he gave her a fairly okay mark and put it in. Then during the collation of the marks, I was there. The bigger girls were there. It got to her point. We take it one by one. The total her marks. Her score came to a critical position in which we don't like returning scores to the Senate that you filled with 49.1. You know those kind of funny things. So normally they say, who gave these marks in orals? Come, it's, oral is very subjective. So you say, okay, no, drop the mark. It's, it's giving us problems. So the man said, no, failing you are failing. That's not a problem. He said that day, that was one of my best experiences in that exam. That mark was given by God. Nobody's touching it. It didn't use given by God, though. He said, please, I need that mark to stay. I know why I give the mark, because the student impressed me so much. It shouldn't be on record that I did not give such a good mark for such a good performance. So the big prof said, but you are causing problems. He said, well, it's not my problem. This man is very nice, but also very stubborn. He dug his heel in. They said, well, can't return these marks like this. He said, well, sorry, I don't know what you're going to do about it, but he said, failed mark, leave it like that. I'm not saying she shouldn't fail. She can fail. They said, no, we can't return like this. Hanging precarious is going to cost a lot of, you know, too much debate when it gets to the higher levels. The man said, well, it's not my, f-. and it's from outside. It's an excellent examiner. And by law, they are very powerful human beings. You can't override them. If you override them, when they rise to the council and to NUC, your whole school is in trouble. I, I, I was in the shower. I was looking at them like this. Over what now? Now, today, the person begin fail. Finally, how did they solve it? They said, go and pull all the scripts. Remark while I watch. Four different departments, pulling scripts. We sat down there. They were running to their offices, pulling scripts, pulling scripts. Hey, this mark is too low. Add to it. This one, they totaled it again. She crossed 50. Next case. You know, I told somebody, I said, go and find me this candidate. I want to know how you pray. I said, no, no. I said, they went and looked at her. Said, Dr. Lushina is looking for you. I said, please, there's no problem. I just want to know, what prayers did you offer? I need to know, because I saw warfare. <laughs> I said, I just, I thought, I need to know. Because I was watching these people that fighting over nothing. I know they did. The young woman passed. And she not, well, I can't remember exactly what she told me. Like, I said, just worry. I said, don't worry. You can go. The Lord helped you. Before then, everybody's prediction would have been that, she has failed. See, God works, when you say he works in mysterious ways, it's wonders to perform. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. He's not a joke. He works in mysterious ways to perform his wonders. God can make rain fall in dry season. Yes. I like the story of David Paul. He went to preach somewhere and the rain was approaching. You could see the rain. And he was preaching, and the rain was approaching. I don't know whether they bowed their head and prayed. Where it was an open field, was in a farmland somewhere. The rain got to this end, stopped falling, then crossed over and continued falling there. So there was rain on this side, and rain on this side. But where they were doing their meeting, there was no rain. No, God does such things. He does such things. I remember in the book, uh, uh, God Smuggler, Brother Andrew, <laughs> he wanted to offload his Bibles. Some security were watching him. So pray, God help us. Then rain started falling. It fell so hard, you couldn't see beyond your nose. So during that period, he offloaded his Bible and the rain stopped. 
This is our Lord. He works wonders. Wonders. I don't want to start telling too many stories now because I want to get back to the message. Okay? I look in my life sometimes. I tell you, you know, people say God can't change the past. I'm one person that doesn't believe it. I pray about all things that have happened, I pray about them. I told the story recently in which they told me that my wife's driver took my car and used to pull down a fence. I was about to drive out of the house when she got the message. So she called her from me from downstairs. So I answered her. What's the problem? I said, hey, this young man just pulled down the fence. How? <laughs> Did he use his leg? He said, no, with your car. I thought of my car. Defense was not the problem. You know, whether you rebuild defense or not, it's the same. It's money to cost. But when your car has jumped, unless you start removing all the parts and replacing the panel beta. So I bowed my head against the wall. I said, please, don't let my car be injured. I've forgotten the word I used, but that's a good word, isn't it? Yes. Something that had already happened like 15 minutes before I heard. I prayed. I said, Lord, please, spare my car. Let my car not be damaged, dented. I remember I leaned against the wall like this and I prayed that prayer. She called me like 15 minutes later. She said, you wouldn't believe it's this car that he even used. There's no scratch on the car. I said, Lord, thank you. Uh, he answers prayers. People say, hey, the, no, God changes the past. I believe that thing. I believe it. Unbelief is the reason why he can't in our lives. He changes. And you know the truth? Many times he has done it for you. You don't realize it. You think it never happened. It happened. He erased it, erased the memory, rearranged everything. Effectively, he changed the past. Yeah, he does that. I believe it. God works. Listen, see this, this our environment is a product of the faith we emit. But God didn't give it to us as individuals. He gave it to us as a group. And that's why it's necessary we preach, preach to the people of God so that they will form a critical mass. And their faith, the aura they produce out of their spirits will go outside and patch the environment. And repair it. You know, sometimes when I hear about this, all this uh, pollution, chemical poisoning, environmental degradation, everything. doesn't worry me because I've heard a testimony. Can I say one day they prayed. And they saw in a vision. A particular land some people had, acqu- had acquired. The, what they call them in America? Federal Environmental Protection, Protection uh, uh, FEPA, right? The Pro- Environmental Protection Agency. They tested and said they had too much toxins. They couldn't use it. So the people went to pray. Can I say as they prayed, he had a vision. And he saw an, an evil spirit rise out of the soil into the sky and disappear. Next day, Fepa went back and tested if the soil was normal. All the pollution had disappeared. So this is not worry me. This earth we see, I have come to understand, there's nothing that is real that is there. Every single thing is an illusion. Every single thing. Every single thing, all these uh, unknown gunmen, everything, bandits, they are illusions. Let me not start recommending movies. No, I will. You should go and watch the first Matrix. When I saw the movie, initially, the first time I saw it, I got tired. I, I, movies easily, I easily get bored. If you don't swing into action in 10 minutes, I've left the film. <laughs> it's the reason why, until recently, I hardly used to watch Nigerian movies. Because they take, they take a long Five minutes to drive down the street. Where are you going? <laughs> because you want it to be part one, part two, part three. Thank God they don't do it anymore because now they have other ways to monetize their movies. So the days of making discs have gone, right? Okay? But those I didn't used to like watching. So first time I saw Matrix, it was still swallowing tablet and uh, swallowed. 
Now I point the TV and say, I'm only watching it. But one day, I don't know what compelled me to sit down and watch the movie. And I realized, I just said, this is spiritual now. This is spiritual now. This is founded on tr- spiritual truth. That this guy was built up to a, a point where he could dodge bullets. I said, it's real. Ah. There's a way in life you get what the Bible calls a resurrection body. It's not a joke. There's what is also called the power of his resurrection, which Paul said is attainable in this life. I said, this is a real. That was moving so fast he could dodge bullets. But he had to come through training. Until he came to, sorry, let me borrow big English, Greek actually, the epignosis of it, the reality, until he became very conscious of certain things. He did not know when he began to dodge bullets. Since these viruses you see, they are imaginations. There's a kind of reality you come to. Virus will see you and bounce and go. I'm telling the truth, the whole truth. What we need in life is to come to the realization of the truth. To know the true God. Jesus said this is eternal life. That you will know him. The only true God. If you get that word, no, it's not that I've read about him before. No, there's what is a personal realization. A conviction. Look, when Jesus walked on water, it wasn't practical. I hope you're getting my point. There's a realization, there's a realm somebody gets into to know things so well, you know? Oh, God. If we know God, eh, all this running up and down will not happen. It won't. It's not even necessary. That's the point I'm making. If you are looking for prosperity, ask God for it. One interesting thing about spiritual things is that there's a point you will get to know God. You won't, there are some things you will not ask for. Have you ever heard this joke before that they say, eh, why are the Babala was if their juju is working? Why are they in the bush? Have you heard that thing before? Yes, if you speak like that, you don't know spiritual things. Number one, not all Babala was in the bush. Many of them are in cities. They live in mansions. That's number one. Number two, there's a realm of spirituality you walk in. What other people are pursuing, you will know that it doesn't mean anything. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Let us assume now you are so powerful. You can stay here. And make somebody who's driving in on nature fall into a gutter with his car. As you are that powerful. Do you think you'll be looking to get a car that's bulletproof for protection? No, it won't impress you. Because you realize that, look, it's not the thickness of the gauge of the metal that's protection. That if the spirits protect you, you are protected. If the spirits don't protect you, you can stay inside a bulletproof car and die of suffocation there. Die not die. It's not. It's die not die. Uh, really, as a level you walk in, in in spiritual things, that some things don't bother you know they don't they don't bother you anymore. They don't bother you. If God gives you the now whether is righteously or occultically, let's leave that for a moment. But if the heavens give you the understanding of how to call money to be, you think you'll be playing bet Niger? I don't know whether you're getting my point. You think betting is your issue? No, betting wouldn't impress you. Like, why are you betting? We can command it so that the odds will be 100 times in 100 times. Why are we putting our lives in a chance of less than one in a thousand or winning anything substantial? Do you know Christians still bet? How many of you are still betting here? Nobody. Because you did not know before. If you heard me before, you are still betting, you are in trouble. You will lose all your money. You will go broke, hungry. You will be owing everybody. 
you will even borrow, uh, you, know, you know, phone, borrow credit. And so your life will bend. In Jesus' name. Amen. I pause you on my side, say amen. amen. Yes. <laughs> Until you stop this betting rubbish. A child of God, your life is not a game of chance. It's 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 not a game of chance. Your blessing is a commandment. You will command the blessing for you. You can't be trying to play odds with your life. You must understand. You have to activate the principle by which your life will run. If you're betting, your journey is a game of chance. You're married a good husband or wife is a game of chance. You're arriving safely to where you are going is a game of chance. You're living long is a game of chance. You're activating each time you bet. Let me say this to you. You have to determine how your life will run. That is, I'm not saying uh, tomorrow I'll be this. No, no. I mean like, am I working by the predetermined cause of God for my life? Or I want to make my life a game of chance? And you can't just separate it any way you like. If you make your finances a game of and finance is very important. Finance is very important. If you decide your, your finances will be a game of chance because it's betting you want to use to make money. You know what you have said to God? Everything in my life will be a game of chance. If I enter a vehicle and I'm going to a nature, whether I will get there safely or not, is by chance. If I want to marry, I'm a man. The woman I marry, whether she'll be good or bad, will be a game of chance. And don't forget, bad things are more chancely happening than good ones. So if you enter a motor to go to a nature, you will hardly ever get there in one piece. At that today, your motor will break down at night mile. The tire will burst in the ochre. Then there will be riots. You know the way these things happen sometimes? They will just start riots when you get there. As soon as you turn and start going back home, they will say, why are we fighting, self? <laughs> they will end the riot. So when you be telling everybody, I turn back at um, <laughs> because of riot. They say, which riot? You reached Mpo and came back to Enobu. You are done with this on now. Bros, the riot was so intense. And some evil spirits will be there amplifying every, every stone they throw with sound like a bomb in your ear. Boom! <laughs> and you turn and say, unknown grenade men. Not the only gunmen now. <laughs> and you went back to the noble. The other people will come and say, which? He said, around 12 in the afternoon. No, I passed that place 12.05. That riot lasted two minutes because of you. You went back home. And nobody else saw. And those watching from the other side, they didn't see right too. They saw two guys fighting. And they saw many people trying to separate them. So they stood to watch the fight and the separation. Then as soon as they turned back, the spirit of fight left those people. They hugged themselves, reconciled, and everybody went back to their shops. But you, you already had nightmare <laughs> on your way back to Enugu. Why? Because you said my life would be a game of chance. The other day we were talking with some people, my wife and I. I told the young man, I said, listen, you signed an agreement, you say it's no longer convenient for you. I said, you don't get the point. Your signature will never mean anything. I said, don't you people get it? You don't, don't you get it? I said, don't you, you know, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. It's not about whether I have money or I don't have money, whether I'm comfortable or not. What is the importance of my signature when I put it down? So if I tell a woman, yes, I do. She too will wake up after two years. Say, you never hammer after two years. And they go. I say, what's wrong with the women of these days? Go say, no, 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 no. She's okay. It's your signature that doesn't have any meaning. 
Spiritually, you activate how your life will be. That's the point I'm making. It's done deliberately. Is my life going to... Oh, I pray we get my point. See, three people are in prison unjustly. Unjustly. One of them is Joseph. He will enter into destiny by it. One guy will die there uselessly, even though he was wrongly imprisoned. I wonder who will manage to escape and go back home, and nothing will come out of that false imprisonment. See, we can have experiences. You have to determine what will each experience mean for me. How is my life running? That's what the believers must understand. See, you get up in the morning, you can determine that the Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You decide to believe that. You know what that means? Now, faith is used to activate divine process in our lives. Things don't just happen automatically. What I mean is that you've heard that declaration from the mouth of Paul. He wrote it to the Romans. You believe it, or you are supposed to believe it as a child of God. If you believe it, it will turn everything, whether it's good appearing or bad appearing, it will make them work for your good, including the things that happened 10 years ago before you learned that truth, including the one that happened yesterday, including the one that will happen tomorrow, including the most terrible things that ever happened to you. Why? You decided to activate it. And one way by which you activate that is called thanksgiving. You look at a bad thing and give God thanks for it. And God will continue to test you. I give the Lord praise. No, I'm just looking at my life. I've had bad things happen to me. But you know, in almost every one of them, I give thanks. If I miss a flight, it's happened to me a number of times. I start asking the Lord, why did you make this flight go away? Why did I miss it? I don't believe it's a game of chance. I told you last time we were going to just my wife and after waiting for hours at the airport, <laughs> they said your flight has been delayed by one hour. We have been waiting by that time for like four hours. It was the day the president was traveling, so they locked the airspace for some time. Our planes were, we could see the, the airline we were using. Two of their planes were packed, we could see them. So they said, if your, if your flight has been delayed for some time, I said, okay. So I told my wife, come, let's go and stretch our legs. We've been sitting down for so long. So we left the, that departure area. Went and walked, went, bought, bought a snack, bought a drink. Then my wife now ran into her cousin. So the nurse stood there and they were talking. After I said, come, let's go. So we left, got there, and they said that ah, our plane has gone. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, no, 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 no. No, 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 everybody don't enter. They don't lock the door. They never, they never, they had not taken off. But everybody that entered, they locked the door. I said, it's not possible. Now we left there, uh, and they said that they were announcing. See, what do you mean you're announcing? We've been sitting here for four hours. Don't you have a list of those who checked in? Didn't they count? You know, all the, the, the vex. I told them, please, tell the pilot to open the door. They said, no. You know this keke they used to carry the steps? They, they had even driven it away. The step don't go. Which means that the pilot was ready. Done the rev. Vroom, 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 to take off. I looked the plane like this. <laughs> and I was supposed to preach where I'm going. I wasn't going there to play. Let me not you know, spend too much time on the story. Hey, and one woman said, you're going to see the station manager. I ran downstairs. He said, station manager is not on seat. 
Then my wife ran, ran, called me. So I ran back. He said, come, 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 come. You know what happened? The pilot of that plane, not know what was going on, just decided that this plane has a fault and he can't go. So he told him, no, that he can't leave. There's a problem. He didn't know all of, he didn't know what was going on. Next day, the, the people there was watching. Just, one of them told my wife, wait. They saw the, you, know, you remember that guy we're talking about? He drove the steps back, attached the back of the plane, the door opened, and who's there coming down, one after the other? <laughs> the woman looked at my wife and said, your husband must be a man of God. She said, yes, he is. He actually, he's going to preach. They made everybody calm down. They came and joined us, so we were waiting. <laughs> after five minutes, they said we should go down again and go and enter the next plane that was parked beside it. Oh man, they was grumbling. What kind of thing is this one? I said, they, want, they were waiting for me. That's just a new man. I said, they needed to carry me. Honestly, you know, I didn't... Now, what I'm telling the story is that when that thing happened, I was looking at I said, Lord, what's going on? You don't want me to go to Joss or what? If you don't want us to go, you for talking now. We don't make us go or come away from any go. They get here, waited five hours of godly time. Then now we still won't go. I just said, Lord, if you don't want me to go, that's it too. It didn't cross my mind that what kind of useless country. There are things you don't hear from my mouth. Oh, of course, on our way. After I told my wife, look at like this pilot is turning. <laughs> the guy, after I don't turn, when he, he, he go back to Abuja and says, sorry, we have to descend. Just airport has been closed. So you know what I started doing? I started laughing. The spirit of laughter came up for me. I laughed very hard. I, I couldn't stop the laughter. I, I didn't vex. I just started laughing. So my wife was now plotting where we we'll go that evening. Oh, Richard, we just, let's go and see some people. We we'll stay in this particular hotel. We we'll go and stay here. You know, we just we we're plotting the movement for the evening. We were just there laughing. And the next thing, the man turned again. He said that uh, they have opened the airport for us to come and land. <laughs> I said, all the principalities that don't want me to come to just, I am going to get to this just today. They locked the airport because of curfew. So when they found out, we, we came late. So the airport, had, there was a curfew that time. So all the time, they, had, they made some few phone calls, got signal from somewhere, and they opened the airport. I, I, I suspect, now that I'm telling the story, I just remember something now. There was a big military man on that flight. Maybe because of them, I don't know. But God had knew what he was arranging. Because when we arrived, I was standing, some soldiers, Air Force guys, they lined up and started saluting me. So I said, uh-huh. I said, it looks like you guys have... <laughs> I said, look like you guys are mistaken. <laughs> I'm not the one you're looking for. <laughs> I didn't know I looked like an Air Force officer. <laughs> they just, I'm sure the material, they just lined up. They're saluting. I said, my God. <laughs> what am I going to say? Listen, you can be there. A lot of people, they are removing the power of God in their circumstances through grumbling. I'm telling you, you want, somebody breaks your heart. Don't say this. People are very wicked. <laughs> just say, I beg, all things work together for good. God just remove Lori Buruku from my life. <laughs> Why is he laughing so hard? <laughs> Look at this man. Oh, you know the meaning of Lori Buruku? <laughs> Go and Google it up when you get home. Those of you who don't know. I'm telling you. Say, he, he broke your eyes. Leave him. Let him go. Who got time? Me, where I get destiny package on my side. Somebody wants to not destroy him. Say, wants to destroy me. God removed him and I'll be crying. See the finest man. Hi, my friend Claire. 
It takes away the first to establish the second. Ah. There are scriptures you quote even when you are not feeling like it. You deliberately activate the power of God in your circumstances. Can't be there and be whining and be grumbling about things. It's, listen, it's deliberate. You don't allow anybody else have power in your life apart from God. Don't let anybody else. If anybody keeps on threatening you with sack, just because, you know, they say, they say, they threaten you with sack in such a manner as if, like, you know, say you will die if we sack you. You know that kind of thing? One day you all look depressed and say, look, there are different ways to handle it, but you can respectfully approach the other side of that place. Don't threaten me. Correct me if I need to be corrected, but sir, I don't think you threaten me. If I live here, I will survive, I will grow, and I will forgive you. So in case you want to test it, don't be afraid to test it. We just use time. What is it? Ah, I think we'll die because of what? So people, you know, they say they, are, they want to leave war from our office. Pray for me. Why should I pray for you? Are you the first to be laid off? Do you know how many people they laid off and became rich? And bought the company from which they were laid off? What nonsense is this one? They are prayers don't pray for people. If you ever have a person say they want to leave war, please pray with me. I say, about what? Let's pray for your boss. Let's pray for your company. Let's pray for many people. Say your company will survive. They can still be employed and have been a blessing. As for you, where you will get to, you will get to. As for you, where you will get to, you will get to. Let's leave this. Uh, you know, I like to look back at the story. He went to Pastor Yadibo. He was a member of the church. I love that story. It's a beautiful story. You should go and cram the story. Tell it to yourself regularly. Pastor Yadibo will come to church and say, we need a new keyboard. We need a new amplifier. Ah. The man said, this is not dignifying of the gospel now. Every time we are begging for money. Say, pray that God will bless me and all these announcements will stop. So, Pastor Yadibo, he prayed for him that God will bless him and increase him financially. And the following week, they sacked him. <laughs> he was fired. He was fired. That week, that week, he got to the office and they sacked him. So, he came back to Pastor, like, excuse me, sir, he did not aim the prayer well. <laughs> Which direction did you face? Did you? Where was the devil when you were shooting? It looked like you hit my destiny, not the devil. <laughs> I said, yeah, said, what happened? He said, you prayed on Sunday. I got sacked, maybe on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. He said, how did he? You didn't pray well. Let's start again. He <laughs> said, the man of God started laughing. And he was very offended. He said, Pastor, what is funny? I just got sacked, and you, are, you find it funny. The man said, well, it's a prayer that is working. How? Say the kind of money you prayed for, they don't pay it as salaries. So God needed to sack you so you can get the money that he's bringing. He looked at the man of God and said, sir, you don't seem to get it. He was a lawyer. He's still a lawyer anyway. And said, people like me can't stand on our own as lawyers. He said, well, that's all I have to tell you. So he went back home. Let's make a long story short. That very week or the following week, shortly after Shah, the ruling council of Nigeria, the military ruling council, they just, uh, I think it was still SMC that time. I know they used to call them Supreme Military Council. That's why I just said, uh, I didn't want to cause confusion. They just announced that this idea that professionals cannot stay on their own until this is a number of years, they wiped it out from the law books, automatically making, making him able to stand as an independent lawyer. And the first brief he got, which was a supernatural encounter, paid him what he used to earn in two years. Listen, if he swallows you, you can decide whether it will digest you or it will put you where you are supposed to be going. I hope you know. 
that Jonah now got there fast. They didn't take him back to where he was supposed to be. Once he repented, the fish went and vomited him on the shore of Nineveh. And it was the reason people believed him. Have you ever heard that fish drowned in the, in, the, in the storm? There was a horrible storm. The whale now drowned. The shark now drowned because of the storm. But you know ships can capsize. So God put him inside a submarine. What was a mistake? What was an accident? Turned out to be a blessing. God changed the pie. It was as if... When they rewrote the story, eh, if, they had, if they had to write it for children that didn't read this one Bible we read, this is what they would have written for them to read. It would be that when the journey was going on, it became tumultuous. So the Spirit of God took Jonah from the boat and took him into the heart of the sea and put him in a submarine. And the submarine went below the surface, avoiding all the turbulence, rode fast, and got to Nineveh. And he made him sleep all the while for three days. And he woke up. And the fresh anointing from heaven came upon him. And he began to preach. And everybody believed. They would have just cut out a portion of iniquity, repentance, and forgiveness. Why they didn't cut it out for the rest of us that would need to learn? For those who don't need to learn it, they will wipe out that portion. For those of us that know the full story, you say, children, it was not like that too. God just made what was bad work for his good. That's what you're experiencing now. So if he swallows, you can be there. Oh, my mates are in a place where there's no swallowing going on. There's light inside this fish now. There's no light. Things are not working. Next thing you hear, broom, digestion. <laughs> Start digesting you. Then you move from the stomach to the zig gizzard. Next thing you know, I don't know how the fish... The digestive system is they don't crush you to powder, absorb your nutrients. That's the end of you. Why you a grumbler? But another person with full of thanksgiving will convert that bad experience to an acceleration towards destiny. Why did they believe him in Nineveh? Because it came out of the belly of the fish. If he had arrived like everybody else from your boat, they say another prophet has come. Say, repent, 40 days hence, Nineveh will be destroyed. Ross, forget that thing. We don't hear them before. But when the fish comes, boom, and gives birth to a prophet. I come out of, no, just think about it. Assuming now that I'm supposed to come and preach here, and you see an eagle come. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> an eagle drops me on the balcony here. There is nothing I say you will not believe. <laughs> Everything I say you will believe. <laughs> that was what happened to Jonah. A bad thing that turned out to be an amplification for his anointing. Listen, this is our lives. We must act. See, no matter what is going on. You see? You say all things are, are for you. Think about it like that. Everything is for your sake. Think about it like that. Sometimes I tell people, I say, listen, God is for all of us. You activate as much of him in your favor as you wish. If you want to pretend like your life is a game of chance, go ahead. They say, ah, you want to marry a Nenugu? There are not many men here. If you just get to a back leaky, the percentage of men to women there is higher. You know, there are women who change church because of proportion of men. You will marry a game of chance. Though. That will be one chance, not the call one chance. All right, the Lord is good. So you see, you activate 
the portion of God, all right, that you want. If you decide that you are going to be looking for what chances are better, then you have said that my life is a game of chance. That's what they are saying. But you can refuse. So when they say that, uh, uh, is it glow or Pepsi is giving out free gift? Don't buy anything because of it. If you have buying it before, keep on buying. If God decides that you will buy the one that you will not dash your car, I'm not saying you should go and throw away the car. I'm not saying that. But don't go ahead and start buying because you say, um, what's the name of it? Is it Gouda? Now you now start drinking Gouda because you want to give out a brand new Toyota. You will get drunk and you won't get anything. Trust me. And if you get that motor car, it will jam after one week of drunk. You go and give your cousin. You don't know the guy is high on something. You didn't drink. Your cousin said, let me just warm me for you. And you know what will, be, what will have happened? Is that same Gouda that gave you that car? That's what the guy will have taken and buy that six bottles before he took your car. God just making a point to you that your blessing is not supposed to be a game of chance. That's what I do. I won't buy, if I want to buy something now, say this one now, ah, just buy it. Yeah, you normally buy it before. Just buy more in case you win something. Once I discover I'm thinking like that, I stop. Please let me explain. It is not like I don't want to win. It is that I don't want to create a spiritual pattern for my life. It's a spiritual fight. I'm saying, no, my life will not be a game of chance. It, it, it's deliberate. You know, it's, it's a, let me, can I use the expression? It's spiritual stubbornness. I said, my life will not be a game of chance. You know, once, when we're in Luth, those days, there was an outbreak of meningitis. Now, I don't have a problem with vaccination. In fact, if I've been where I preach, like this COVID vaccine, they say, should you take COVID vaccine? I say, I'll take now. Do you, did you take oral polio? Yes. Did you take tetanus? I say, I take COVID now. Vaccine or vaccine? He said, they want to use it to control you. Please, stop talking ignorantly. When people speak sometimes, they say, did you go to school? And if you didn't go to school, didn't you buy a newspaper by accident and read it? Didn't you read it? There are some things that don't make sense. Like somebody said that uh, they said, Pfizer, they want to control you. They have not controlled the men they sold Viagra to. It's you they want to control. The same men will go behind me buying Viagra. They don't say, I want to Russian. If they wanted to control bros, they don't they swallow. They don't they control you, Titi. Now it's convenient. Now it's convenient. No, I don't understand Russian. Nonsense. If you want to take vaccine, take vaccine. If you don't want to take, leave it. But nobody's trying to control you. I've seen all kinds of jokes. This woman, after taking um, vaccine, the body can't begin magnetized. One of my friends said that, guys, sorry, I've not spoken for some days now. Because I took vaccine for the, the last week. Said, so I'm afraid Bill Gates may make me say what I don't want to say. <laughs> he's a comedian. He's, my, he's a friend of mine. He's a comedian. He's a, he's, a, he's a physician. So he was just joking about that. He now said that. Have you seen those videos that the place of vaccine is, is magnetizing? Have you seen that video? I hope you know it's a lie. It's all lies. It's, it's, it, oh. When you see things on, online, especially TikTok, don't believe anything. <laughs> Go there to laugh and then leave any, any information they give you is fake until proved otherwise. You know how they make that thing magnetized? It's simple. Carry plaster. Put it on your hand. Remove the plaster. Put anything there. It is stick now. It's plaster. It's residue, residue adhesive. That's all. It's not magnetism. The things you hear, you just know it can't possibly be true. What would they inject that you'll be magnetized? And you'll not see the crystals or the metals going into your body. Again, nonsense. That's not my message. How did I get into that? I know what I was trying to say. I just wanted to help some people. See, if you want to take... I don't know, Sorry, are Nigerians still discussing COVID vaccine? We have moved on. 
When you go to the mall now, they are tired of fighting over who wear masks, who not wear masks. They are tired. Everybody is tired. God has spared us. There's nothing you can do about it. God has been good to us. Let's leave it like that. He's kind. He has shown us extra mercy. There are some people who are still making a big deal out of it in their own. If you can't come to our church, if you didn't take that. Please, can I get back to my message? I'm getting sidetracked. Let me, get, let me try and see what I'm saying. So one of those days when I was in Lagos, there was an outbreak of um, meningitis. So they said, all of us should go and take um, the vaccine. I didn't have a problem. I was going to take home. I was going to go, file like, like everybody else, and collect my jab for cerebrospinal meningitis. Then one of my guys now came in. He said, everybody, go, go, go. Leave what you are doing now. Go, 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 go. This particular one is very terrible, oh. Once he catches you like this, within three days you're unconscious and you're dead. He said, no, no, everybody, leave, 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 leave now. You know, I get some kind of stubbornness. I said, I'm not taking again. Banky, are you going? I said, no, I'm not going. He said, why? I said, didn't meningitis hear of me and it's running? I said, who should hear of who and be running? I said, I refuse to go. I said, it's an insult for me to be running because you announced meningitis. Go and read about the promised land. When the head of the Israelites, they ran. I'm the one coming to take the land. Manager, you hear my name and run. I refuse to go. I was going to go. I was going to go. He did not come to threaten me. Ah, I said, wait. I told them, I said, tell manager that I'm here. If you, I said, tell him I'm here. I said, he's the one that will hear my name and run. I can't be hearing his name and I'll be running up and down. That's how this guy refused to take go. Me that I was peacefully planning to go and take my team before. I told you, I have some kinds of stubbornness. It's like when I'm driving on the road. If you come behind me, and bah, 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 it's not hard that you get out of the way. I will now slow down. <laughs> I will start crawling. And I got the red light, I will stop properly. You go home till your home feels blue. I will not go. Why am I like that? I don't know. <laughs> In spiritual things, I behave like that. That day, I was planning to take my, my, my meningitis vaccine. But once they began to say, hey, if you don't take it now, you may just die. I said, ah, my death is not a game of chance, for goodness sake. I'm not by dying by chance. The day of my death is appointed. Don't scare me. It's appointed. One of us came to any good doses. They say, ah, don't buy a V-boot. What we call V-boot? Mercedes-Benz. They say, I'm robbers like it. I say, I like it too. <laughs> That's what I said. And I went and bought one. Sam Roberts like it. I said, I like it too. I said I was sent to this city. And they were not sent by the same God that sent me. So they will die and I will live. I just said it like that. I bought my motor and I was driving it. I knew there were Sam Roberts in town looking for the car. But I drove my own. I said, my own was given to me by God. You, if you are an agent of Satan, you will die. I will live. You know what happened? They died. And what happened to me? I lived. I'm still alive. I drove my V-boot. I finished driving it. I've left that matter now. You won't scare me. So this country, you don't know where this country is going? I said, ah, bah. This country will go to where my destiny will be manifested. People of God, these things are not games of chance. We activate them by force. That's what I'm teaching. We activate them. Faith is our force. Faith is our force. You just, see, there's a land called Nigeria. Amen? You make up your mind. Who will have it? That's the gist. Who's going to have it? And let me give you the word of God again. 
The Lord said, I will give it to whoever wants it. Do you hear what I said? If we all gather as a people and say, nonsense country, cut it to pieces, because it's no problem. It shall become nonsensical. I shall fragment it, and my purpose for it will be suspended, and your generation will not participate in it. If we don't obey the word of God, let me say something to you. This is not to scare you, or I don't to be scared, but listen to this. Have you heard people say before that Uthman Danfodio said he will plant the Quran in the ocean? Have you heard that thing before? So that the plan of the um, Fulani Jihad that time was to get as far as southern Nigeria and get to the, to the coast. All the way from Lagos to Portacourt, Calabar, all those areas. Have you heard that stuff before? Now, I'm, I want to ask you a question. Now, you can be wrong, you can be right. Did you think he said so? You, you, you think he said so? All right. How many of us think he said so? No, I'm, I'm, don't worry, you can be wrong, you can be right. I don't know too. But, no, don't be, don't be shy, don't be shy. Do you think he said so? Okay. You read of it. Somebody, Israel said he was there when he said it. You know. <laughs> now, you know the truth? Is it, is it relevant whether he says or he didn't say so? Is it relevant? Now, if he said so, it's a decree that has gone forth. Okay? And that decree is hanging. It's there. Are you going to read them? Was it Daniel chapter... Daniel, what is that? Let's read it quickly. Isaiah 14. Sorry. That's it, Daniel. I said Daniel. Why did you tell me that it's not that? It's Isaiah 14. Isaiah chapter 14. It's Isaiah chapter 14. Morning star, son of the morning. So people say that in refer to who? The devil, Satan. I, I've, I've told them to prove it to me. Nobody could prove it to me. And I found out that the guy says that's a fable. Hey, what is his name? Um, John Calvin, I think it's John Calvin. He said he was not. Anyway, let's, 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 let's leave that. Verse 13, but you said in your heart, he was talking about King James, Jesus was Lucifer, but let's not worry ourselves who was speaking this, but definitely was speaking about. Um, this was the king of Babylon. Now, I believe, this is my own conviction, Isaiah was speaking to the literal king of Babylon, but the spirit of God was speaking to the beast, the Antichrist, who was the king, who was the king of Babylon to come. Do you get my point? All right. So this is the plan of the Antichrist. Listen to this. Which verse? I was reading it just now. Yes. He said, but you said in your heart, as old star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been, let me, I've back up to 12. You have been caught down to the earth. You have been, you who have weakened the nations. Notice that. You say, Uthman, that Fido says something. You know, he conquered many nations, truffles. He conquered many nations, truffles. Okay. He said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend be, be, be above the height of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Let's stop reading for a moment. Did this man say so? Did this king of Babylon say it or did he say it? He said it. Simple question. Did it come to pass? Will it come to pass? The Antichrist will build up a nation, a kingdom. All right? Modern day Babylon. With this purpose in mind, let me ask you. Will it come to pass? Why won't it come to pass? It is simple. It's because God has his own army. It is because those who are with him are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. I'm going somewhere. 
So the fact that Usman Afonio said he will plant the Quran in the Atlantic, and if wishes are if wishes were horses, beggars were right. Anybody can wish for anything. Will it come to pass or not? Is the warfare that Christians need to fight? Don't be saying that they want to Islamize. I, that thing annoys my soul. I always ask those who shout the Islamization agenda that what is your problem? Islam, by nature, is an evangelistic and apostolic religion. It has to have that plan. It's not a strange thing. Whether they say it or not, they have the plan. And it's not a bad thing because you too should have your own plan. Let the plans clash in the realm of the spirit. Let's stop being whiners and grumblers. So tell the believers, where is your own plan for Christianization of the whole continent? Not even the country, the whole continent. Yes, we'll start with Judea, with Jerusalem, which is our cities wherever we are. Judea, our whole country. Then Samaria, the neighboring West African countries. And then the uttermost parts of this continent. At least let's start from there. Where is the plan? They have Islamic bank. I know when the Islamic bank came up, I was angry with Christians. I said, You are behaving like babies. Do you have your own banking system to present to the government to say, Please approve it for us? What you have is a satanic capitalist banking system. And they said they don't want. They have a right to say, They don't want. Do we behave? No, they want to subtly Islamize. I say, okay, why don't you bring your own subtle Christianization plan for the banking system? You don't have any. Somebody's moving forward with his own agenda. You are feeling threatened. You know your problem? Inferiority complex. They say, Osman they say he will plant the Quran in the Atlantic. I plan to bury the Bible in the desert. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. We are also planning to take the Bible to the desert. Cover every corner. Are you not here all the time when we pray about it? Let's now see the one that we stand. And we know the one that will stand. So upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the advance of that church. If it will move, you say, resist the devil, you do what? He will flee. So the same people that tell you that somebody wants to conquer the country, every opportunity they get, they run to Europe. Every opportunity they get, they run to North America. And then you see them be telling me that they want... You gave it up, did you not? In our thinking, with our mindset, with our behavior, we are dashing out the country. They were complaining about people that say they want to collect it. Let me give you the word of God again. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. Because anybody that wants it, I will give it. Anyone that wants it. My preferred choice is my people. Why, listen, let me ask you a question. Did God promise Israel while they were in Egypt that he would bring them into the promised land? But when they got there, what did he say? He said they should fight for it. Did he give it to them on a platter of gold? But let me ask you, was he planning to give it to them? Would he have given it to them? Did he eventually give it to them? But why did the first generation not get it? Simple. They said we don't want it. It's not worth our blood. We will not die for this land. Oh, that's it. They say, what is it? The land that has what? Giants. No. We won't die for this. Let's go back to slavery in Egypt. If you're okay with slavery, God will make you a slave perpetually. And he'll be your friend. I was saying last time, you know, he will still come to your house. He says, slave, how far? 
How's your master treating you? It's not being fair. Yesterday, I didn't have enough food to eat. He will bring you small bread. Eat this one. Slave, stay there. You told him you want to remain a slave. He said, there's not a problem. We'll remain friends while you're a slave. So they moved back in their hearts to Egypt. And God said, there's not another problem. You can go anywhere. But they died on the way, of course, trying to go back to Egypt in their hearts. What I'm trying to say is that if they wanted the promised land, they would have gotten it. So why God puts obstacles is to test your determination. Are you interested? I say it again and again concerning Nigeria. The Spirit of God says this. I will give this country to whoever wants it. When I say whoever now, I'm talking about ideologies. I'm talking about religions. I'm talking about faiths. If the Christians want it, they can have it. If they don't want it, I will give it to the Muslims. The time some of our leaders were preaching, what do you call it? Uh, Plan B, Plan B. Do you remember our Plan B season? One bank MD in Nigeria, a Muslim with an Islamic name. He said it, Nigeria is my country. Lagos is my home. These were his words on Twitter. He said, I have no other one. Let it push me, I will push it back. He said, we will stay here, we will win. I have no plan B. That was a Muslim. There's what is called the righteousness of God. When he said God is just, the man with a plan B will never pray from now till thy kingdom come. You will never win over that Muslim in that land. That Muslim will acquire more land. Buy the land your church is built on. You will pay him rent. And you wonder what's going on. And God said, he wanted it. You had a plan B. He had no other plan. If the man carried out what he said, if he meant it, God will give. If you know the way God behaves, he will make sure you have nowhere to park but on his land. And then you go and pray. Say, Lord, what is going on? He said, hey, he has no plan B. He said, Lord, don't do me like this. He said, okay. Give me your American passport. Burn it. You have houses abroad? Say, sell them. I want the money. Bring it back. Give to so, 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 and so as offerings. I want this to be the only choice you have. When that is your only choice, I give you everything. And you tell me, you're always my first choice. In fact, I raised this man up to discipline you. People have got to bear it in mind. So when you see difficult, I mean, look at a country like Nigeria. This, this country, if you like, shake from now to tomorrow, you are my own. So you are mine. Say, so whether they know you or they don't know you and you are a gunman, eventually your guns will be silenced. If you don't repent, you'll be silenced with your guns. But me and my brethren, we will have peace. It's an attitude. It's a concross attitude. If you don't have it, God will make you a tenant in the house you built. Which is not a hard thing. Pressure will make you give the house up to a bank as security. And they will sell it to a Muslim. All the way from Bono State. You come and say, ah, my brother, we are brethren. No? I just need to put my money somewhere. You can be staying there. You have to pay me rent. You will think it's a joke. He bought your... And it's God. Oh, oh God is the one that did it. The angels will do it like this. Then they call time. They will do it time. Say, brethren. Say, my brother, repent. If you repent, God will bless you again. You go and meet the allergy from Bonan Alaji. I heard you are the one that... You know, I know you are the one that owns the house now. I was just thinking, how much did you buy it again? I bought it from the bank for 75 million. What if I give you 100 million and you go away? Are you serious? Say yes. You wire me 100 million, the house is back to yours. And God will warn you next time 
I will eject you. Next, I won't leave you a tenant there. I will eject you. From your 10 bedroom house, you will go to a four bedroom flat. Why? I gave you land, you are not willing to take it. So I'm giving it to those who want it, who will sacrifice for it. You think that Angote is the only person that can do business in Nigeria? And please, don't be believer that lie. They come and tell you, say, government is helping him. That's it. When poor people have gathered to swear by poverty, that's how they talk. So, hey, he's only rich like that because government is helping him. Go, listen, once you're not involved in politics, there's nobody that's like that, that governments don't help. That's, that's the job of government, to help people like that. The only time governments get angry with you is that if you go and, maybe like APC is in power, they now find your money is going towards PDP. That's when you know the anger of the king. But just be neutral. If they come to you and say, hey, we are doing party convention, give them money for fuel. If, if the other people come and say, we are doing party convention too, give them money for fuel. And tell the first person, say, hey, your, your opponents came here to collect fuel money. I gave them two so they would know that nah, you are not hiding it. All of them will leave you alone. Because they need you to keep the citizens calm. Yes, now, if this man opens staff for fuel, we don't be discussing whether they imported bad fuel. Or did not import bad for Governments know it. Was it who are angry? <laughs> Let me not mention the name of a state. The state is not far from here. Which state are you from? Huh? Oh, you be where though? I can't say you be a woman. Not very shift. They're not a Biafran. Let's look for Biafran for you. And they Okay, so it can't be you. Okay, let me just use you. It's not your state too. I know they don't get a limestone for Okwela now. And they, they, they are cement factories in Edo State now. Where's your cement factory? Sir? Oh, no, Pilar, yes. BU is there, right? BUA. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Where's a lion car? He knows all these things. Now, this particular state is in Biafra land, if you know what I mean. I won't mention the name of the state. Even though, if you, know, if you don't know small geography, you will know the name of the state. Especially since it is not Enugu. Okay? If you are from the state, pray that God will have mercy on, you, on everybody in that state. One day they went and met some people that know people who don't care about this tribe thing. They went and met Dangote and said, look, we have a lot of limestone. Come and build cement factory for us. They did all the negotiation and everything. Finally, Dangote agreed. So the next night, okay, now let's now move. Let's go and get the governor of the state to approve this plan. Then we inspect the site, we buy land, we do everything. Now, for information, three years ago, in 2019 or so, Dangote alone paid 49% of all the solid minerals income that Nigeria earned for the year. Only him. Almost half came from one company. So they said, okay, let's go to this state too, in this, not too far from us here, now eastern Nigeria. When they read the man's statement, you know what the man said? The natural resources that God gave us for our children, we will not give it to your house, man. And they are one of the poorest states in Eastern Nigeria. I just said, Ik Abod. Oh, foolish Galatians. I said, who was going to work there? Who will collect the taxes? He said, no, I'm not going to house, man. Did he stop that house, man, from becoming the richest African? Did this stop you from building the, single, the world's largest single-tree refinery? 
He did not. But he is no longer governor. His people are still poor. Please, all this anger against the rich is not necessary. If God blesses a man, just say, God, oh, that you bless me too. Leave it like that. Say, God, the way government is helping him, they will help me. I don't know whether I'm helping him or not, but listen to me. If you are qualified for help, you will find help. And if government does not help you, God will help you. Apostle, why did I even go into that? I don't know. Okay, I know what I was saying. What am I going to say? There are people who got up and said, we want this land. I know what God is doing. He's giving them. You know, when I found out why some people decided to go and build a refinery, I was surprised. I said, God, give your people this kind of faith now. If you remember, they first bought the refineries under Obasanjo. Do you remember that? You remember that? Yeradua came in. What did he do? He reversed the sale. I talked to one of our brothers. He's a high-ranking all-industry uh, individual. When they were talking, he said, no, that were the ones that protested. I said, why? I was surprised. He said, let them go and build their own. That that was the attitude in the oil industry. And guess what happened? The man took up the challenge. I should go and build my own, eh? No problem. Now all these are your own. I'll make sure they are worthless. Government has been pouring money to refine. <laughs> no, let me ask you a question, eh? I have this very old B2, 1975 model. Hmm? B2, you know, Volkswagen B2. It's outside there. I'm going to spend 10 million to refurbish it. And I'm going to sell it to you. Are you going to buy? <laughs> Do you care how much I spend for missing it? You don't care. When there's a brand new of all models there, even if they are just five, I don't even repair the one that's five. Just give me, I'll buy it straight. You want to, ref, you want to refurbish something that's we built 1972. <laughs> and then one man, the former MD of um, NLNG, he showed how ridiculous an idea that was. He showed that there's a glut of refineries on the market. He was given how much they sold refineries in Texas. I said, who will come and buy a Patacon refinery for how much? Are you investing this amount of money? Why am I talking economics? I'm I've gotten lost. But don't worry. I'm not explaining a particular principle. One man stood up, got that $17 billion, one word or that, and said, I will build one that's worth, that can refine 600,000 barrels a day when Nigeria only needs 450,000 barrels a day in refined products. You know what he's made up his mind to do? I will corner the whole Nigeria market. All of West Africa, they will buy from me. And some people are saying, God, give me visa or I die. That's what I'm talking about. They have taken your land every day. <laughs> the one you have instead of fighting for it. And how do you find your believer on your knees first? Have a right attitude. So whatever little business I'm doing, God, cause it to grow. Go and write out the prayer of Jabez. Lord, oh, that you bless me indeed. And make my name great. Enlarge my cause. Keep me from harm. So harm will not come to me. Pray a simple prayer and say, you are my God. I will not give up this land. I will not be a tenant in my own land. We have a beggar's attitude. When God now blesses some, somebody, we will now be grumbling. We'll now be looking for excuses to justify the reason why we are not blessed, but the man is blessed. I'm giving you the word of God today. He's saying, boys, girls, if you want this country, I will give you. If you don't want it, I will give to the people that you hate. And you will continue grumbling. You know one thing about the Lord? You know saying, you know, I tell you that he's not... It's not, it's not moved by all these things. You can shout about banditry, Islamic, uh, sorry, a headsman attack from that to tomorrow. Except you repent of your sins, you will surely die. That's his final word. See, because when I look at what is going on in the country, 
I said, what is going on? Ah, I said, read your Bible now. It's in the scriptures. Jeremiah, he said, what do you see? He said, I see a pot boiling, facing away from the north. That is, indignation was boiling from northern Israel, from the northern part, that is the borders of Israel, from Babylon. Jeremiah said, that is the wrath of God. It's going to boil and spill over on you people. So anytime you see indignation, so say, what is the government doing? Say, get on your knees and say, God, God, help. Get on your knees and pray and say, Lord, help. We are so preoccupied with claiming that government is God when they are not God. Sometimes, look, one reason why I don't criticize federal government especially is that I feel sorry for them. I feel, you know what they call pity? Pity. Pity. You know, some of us have never left Senogo. So we think the whole of Nigeria is the way it is in southeast and south-south. You know, southeast and south-south, they are very tiny states. On a normal map, if they give you a normal-sized map, to find by yourself, yeah, you lose magnifying glass. Look, you know, say, quite bomb. You see one, you know, when they write names on states, they have to write it on the other states because there's no space to write on top of quite bomb. You don't notice? Go and get a normal map and see where they wrote quite bomb. You know, one day I told somebody, that I was going home, one of my colleagues said, my wife and I, that we leave Lagos maybe around two, should be home before six. He said, where are you going? In this western Nigeria? I said, yes, yeah, four hours from Lagos to my place. No hold up. It's not his fault. It's from Anambra. There's no way you're driving for two hours in Anambra State, unless the road is bad. Come on for that river Niger like this. Once you are speed, in 40 minutes you're in Enugu State. I lie. So you know, most of us have never left south, south, and southeast. We think that that is how Nigeria is. All the southeastern states we fit into is in Niger. All of it you pack. See, collect southeastern states, all the south, south, pack everything. Two northern states we swallow you. And we say, more space, they will, they will eat you up. That's landmass. And when it comes to defending against terror, it's sheer landmass. That you, you know, if you put 1,000 soldiers in Imo State, they can't fight again. If you put 1,000 soldiers in, in a Kassina State, they can't see each other. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Between one soldier and the next one, they won't see each other. When they are fighting up there, they are spread thin. And the whole of the northern coast border of Nigeria is open. There's no water to retard movement. So Chadian mercenaries can walk in freely. If you like put all the Nigerian soldiers there, they can't police it. You know, we now sit down in a student's um, uh, common room in UNEC. We're talking nonsense. Say the federal government, we're looking at this. Okay, you small boy, go and volunteer for the army. Honestly, you know the truth? I feel sorry for federal government a lot of times. They are spread. See, they'll finish fighting here. Then they leave. They can't leave enough men to defend the place. Because having conquered the land, you can't, they don't leave it undefended. And you need a huge amount of soldiers and machinery to keep the place defended while you go to fight for somewhere else. That's why you, they don't need just your grumbling and you, what they need is your prayer. Pray for them. You need to pray every day. You have to pray. Look, what? Oh, my message today. Oh, God. Apostle, maybe we'll preach it next time because we'll never start and time don't almost finish. 
I hope you are learning something. What am I trying to say? Tell God, give me this country. It's my own. That's what I'm just saying. And this is the word of God again. If you want it, I will give you. That's what God is saying. If you want it, I will give you. Please don't join frustrated people that want to just cut tight for nothing. You know, in Eastern Nigeria, now we see those that are on Mondays. I've been following the newspapers for the last few weeks. They don't report it anymore. You know what that means? There's no pressure on anybody. Newspapers don't even talk about it. They're just wondering. So, you know, many of us wake up on Monday. We think it's Saturday. So you want to call people who are already busy in Lagos making millions. Then you call your friend at 9 o'clock. Ah, I'm Bruce Alpha. You say, ah, oh boy, are you all right? Is he asleep? He says, I sit at home. Why are you sitting at home? Are you sick? He doesn't know. He does not know. They're not aware. People in Nazareth don't even know what's going on. Some, you know, some people are praying that it will continue so that they can be coming to open bail in Calabar instead of going to Abba. Yeah, they said Abba used to open bail, uh, containers on Mondays. So people are now finding alternative places to go and open the containers. You know, some people just want to scatter everything. That's just what they want. They, they don't, they're not thinking about what is the consequence. What am I going to gain? What am I preaching? The rest of us, children of God, that know the truth. It's a spiritual fight. Just say, Lord, this land is my own. I am not giving it over to any devil. I am not giving it over to any waster. I will not allow Satan to have a foothold. I will prosper in this land. As for the man that wants to plant the Quran in the Atlantic, he will not cross over my head to plant it. I will go and plant the Bible in the desert. I'll give you the word of God again. You know what the Lord says? You are my priority to give the land to. Yeah, that's what he says. It was only when Israel misbehaved that the Babylonians would come and take them. The Assyrians would come. What God wanted was for his own people. He used to give them commandments. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the land that the Lord thy God is giving to you. God wants you to live in the land that he's giving to you. You are his first choice. What happens most times is that we give up our rights. We throw it away because we are angry. Somebody is frustrated with whatever. And he now sits us down and starts telling us the problem with us. Instead of us saying, oh boy, thank you for your lecture. But this land, I'm collecting. And I'm not talking physical collecting. It's starting from where? The spirit. I say to God, give me this land. I, this, I have no plan B. I, why do you want it? I want to institute the righteousness of Jesus wherever you give me authority over. So some people have Islamization agenda. Say, Lord, I have a Christianization agenda. When you hear people who are doing missions in the north, stop asking them, what are you doing there? Let me tell you what they are doing there. They are refusing to yield the land. People that don't want it, the Lord gives to their enemies. You hear what I said? I'll say it again. Those who don't want it, the Lord will give it to their enemies. But listen to this. If you want it, anyone who hates you, I'm sorry I have to preach this gospel, all right? But the truth, if you want it, anyone who hates you and says you will not get it, the person will meet destruction. That's the way it works. If he's a governor, God will enjoy him. Listen, anything you want to do in this life, in this land, 
anywhere. Go there, dedicate it to the Lord. Say, God, this is yours. Then let me come and see the federal government that wants to successfully fight it. Let me see the state government that wants to successfully fight it. Listen, I was born in Ondo State, grew up in Ondo State, went to school, university in Edo State, then Bendel, now Edo. Did my NYC in the north, did my postgraduate in Lagos, then came to Enugu. When I was coming, people were saying things like, ah, you know, in Nigeria, Nigeria, you know, I didn't understand what they were saying. You know, you are not from here, you are from here. I said, ah, I'm from everywhere. You know why? The earth is the Lord's. So for me, my father, before I came to Enugu State, my father owned it. I hope you're getting my point. I drove from Lagos through Ogo, through Edo, through Delta, through Anambra to get to Enugu. Every strip of land belonged to my father. So I came to Enugu. Honestly, I didn't feel inferior, didn't feel intimidated, didn't feel disadvantaged to anybody. What nonsense. And I said something. I'm sorry, you may think I go to MFM. I don't go to MFM. Just that sometimes I'm provoked. When they say that, you know, university where I was, they say, you know, hey, this is tribalism. I said, don't say it. It's not tribalism. They say, I said, listen, because anybody who uses tribalism against me is under a curse. I don't have to pray. God will summarize you. End your career. If your family survives, you will thank God. What nonsense. I didn't miss words about it one day. So that was why I have never been in any good since the year 2000, September 2000 till today. I have never accused anybody of tribalism. Never. Because if I accuse you and I'm sure of tribalism, I've just killed you. I'm not joking, no. Let me explain. Let us assume me and you hmm, are fighting for, in quotes, an appointment or something, or a piece of land. Then you and your friends now gather. I see who's that guy. What's his name? Don't worry, we won't get it. One of you will die before next morning. If he's not dead, he has a stroke, he's in the hospital. The rest of you have to come and ask me and say, please, sir, do you mind praying for our friend? I said, what happened to him? Is he a member of our church? <laughs> he said, no, sir. There's something he did, but we can't tell you. Just come and say, God, forgive him. That's your only chance for survival. Well, I didn't know anybody, humanly speaking. I came on the wings of the spirit. Not joking about it. I've never felt that. I walk anywhere. I enter anywhere. If you say they are eating people in one particular village where we are going for funeral, I go go there. Come and chop this one. You didn't call the whole because we are carrying flesh. We are all on the same level. Want yourself. So the Lord surrounds some people. He draw his angels draw swords to this as they were us like this. You will blink wrongly. God said, blind him. Why? He blinked at banking. You know, Jesus did not tell any tree, die by fire. He did not tell any tree, die from the root. He just looked at the tree and said, no one will eat from your fruit again. And he went. And heaven gathered and said, mm, how do we execute that instruction? Say, kill it from the root. So it's possible, I look at it and say, you won't stand in my way. I, I didn't say anything, I just said, you won't stand in my way. And heaven will say, a boy says his name is Agadagwa Chiruzo. <laughs> so, since the man from heaven said he can't Chiruzo in that, he can't, what is the correct word? <laughs> <laughs> he cannot continue in that place. They will 
ending from the root. People sometimes say that, you know, you have to go to your hometown, build a house, you know, your children want to do politics tomorrow. I say, don't worry about that one. If the time comes tomorrow, the Lord said, my children should be governors. And you ask me, bank, where do you want them to go? I say, ah, they've lived all their life in Enugu. They'll be governed in Enugu State. Let me see one Igwe that opened his mouth and remind them of where their father came from. I said, God, why is he doing, what is he doing in life? When God kills two, three people, everybody will join their party. <laughs> yeah, everybody will join the party. They, they, they will be the ones singing in newspapers. Listen, it should be state of residence, not state of origin. <laughs> Story will change. You see, they will gather and start dashing my children, chieftaincy title. That's when they remember that my son, no, Akinlo has the name, Uzodima. Many of you don't know. Yeah, one of his names is Uzodima. Seriously, that's not a joke. No, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. So if you see him running for office tomorrow and he says his name is Ebele Jonathan, you know that kind of uh, as if... <laughs> So when he says oh, it's Uzodima, no, he's not joking. He's not joking. In fact, I have two people that still ask for him regularly when they see me. How is Uzo? That's what one woman will say. How is he? I say, oh, he's a university. Are you serious? The man who gave him the name asked for him regularly. So it's not a joke. So when you see him running for office, you say that <laughs> Zodima Akil. Don't say that it's just for politics. Say no, it's been my name since I was a, a few days old. <laughs> no, really, those things don't bother me. I say, when the season comes, do you know what the Bible says? There is a ruler in the affairs of mankind. And he gives the kingdoms over to whosoever he wishes. Anybody he wishes. Anybody. Anybody, please, listen, listen, don't be intimidated. Let me tell you something. Eh? If you run from me and say, if I go here, I will prosper. If God doesn't give a word of prosperity to you, your struggle continues. I have a prayer for you, two prayers. We are going to rise to our feet now and pray. One, you say, Lord, this land I want. It's not a hard prayer. Say, Lord, I'm not yielding it up. I claim it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, say the Lord, bless me indeed. You, you, no, jabbers on my mind. Let's ask our feet. I want us to pray for a few minutes. Just pray, say, Lord, I want this land. It's a simple prayer. Say, Lord, I want it. I'm not giving, nobody's running over my head to plant any book apart from the Bible in the Atlantic. It's a simple prayer. Say it like that. Nobody's running through me. I am the one that will run through a troop and leap over a wall. I will plant this Bible in the desert. And every portion of land in between. I want you to pray that prayer. Because the man who said it, it doesn't have to happen. But God said it will happen if I don't want the land. The Lord said it will happen if I don't want the land. So say to the Lord today, give me Enugu. Give me Nigeria. Just mention two things like that. As a sign, say, Lord, I am not yielding it. The S is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lord, Nigeria is yours. And I will not yield it. No matter who has any plan for it, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Pray that prayer. Say, of the increase. That's how you pray. You give scripture to the Lord. So of the increase of the government of Jesus and of peace, there shall be no end. Over this land, we claim every inch, every inch, every inch. Say, Lord, I collect it. Give me this nation. Ah. Uh-uh. It will serve your purpose under my watch. It will serve your purpose under my watch. It will serve your purpose under my watch. Say in the name of Jesus, give me this nation. I refuse to yield it. Nobody's running over my head. 
or the, over the head of my brethren to plant any book in the Atlantic. No, not while I live. Rather, we are taking the Bible, planting it everywhere. We are taking the gospel of Jesus. We are taking the body of Christ and establishing it everywhere into northern Nigeria, beyond the borders of this country. Say, Lord, I claim Africa for Christ. Say, Lord, I claim Africa for Christ. I claim Africa for Christ. Say, Lord, I claim Africa for Christ. I claim my state for Jesus. Say, Lord, in this land I will sow my seed. And I will reap a hundredfold. I plant grace in this land. In this land I will sow my seed. And I will reap a hundredfold. Say, Lord, pour your blessing upon this land for my sake. I want you to pray like that. Say, upon Nigeria, Lord, pour your, pour your blessing. Upon Eastern Nigeria, Lord, pour your blessing. Upon Enugu, pour your blessing. Upon Enugu City, pour your blessing. Wherever you are, ask the Lord to put a blessing. We have narrowed down from Nigeria down to Enugu City because that is where we stand now currently. But I'm saying, pray that prayer for any place where you are right now, especially within this nation. Say, Lord, I ask you for a blessing. Lord, cause the wars to cease. Let's pray for Enugu. Those who said they will bring war here, we cast you out in Jesus' name. It's a simple prayer. So your counsel will not stand. You said we will go to Enugu and scatter their peace. We say in the name of Jesus, we serve a God who makes wars to cease. We serve a God who makes wars to cease. We invoke his name upon this land. And we say to Enugu, in the name of Jesus, Jesus reigns. The peace of Jesus will reign. We say evil doers will be uprooted. Or they will be uprooted. But we will have peace. In peace we will lie down and sleep. For the Lord alone will make us dwell in safety. Say this land, fear will not drive me away. Out of this nation, fear will not drive me away. But I claim this land for the Lord Jesus. And I speak the word of God over it. Of the increase of his government. And of peace, there will be no end. Upon this rock he will build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We declare that the gospel of Jesus will prosper in this land. It will prosper in this land. We claim this land for Jesus. We claim this land for Jesus. We claim it for peace. We claim it for prosperity. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Now I want you to pray for yourself. I want to just pray like Jabez. I like that Jabez prayer. It's, you know, it's a simple prayer. Should we read it again? <laughs> it's a very, very simple prayer. You know, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. We have the righteousness of God in Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, that gives us honor. Yes, it does. What I like about that Jabez story is that it was a very simple prayer. He just prayed it simply. But we have, we have given it context. You don't need to run up and down to prosper. I hope you're getting my point. You, you may hear me use names like Dangote a lot of times. It's simply because it's currently 
the way human beings count and take a lesson from the fig tree. That's what we do with that. It's currently the African's richest man. You know that? And the world's richest black man. There's no black American as rich as him. So it's the world's richest black man and Africa's richest man. Okay? We, use, we take a lesson from that just to show that God can do things. And it's a sign. I think God did that deliberately. You could have made one American black man invent something that Apple will buy this and then the next thing you know, he invested, invested in uh, the, what do you call this company, Tesla, and then they value his uh, assets, everything comes to like $20 billion. Then our Nigerian bro will become number two. But God said, no, I'm making a point for now. I hope you're getting my point. What I'm trying to say is that God can bless you anywhere. He didn't give you life so you can be looking for where you will be blessed. He sent you to be a blessing. So when you are praying this prayer, not praying that God give me food. You're saying, Lord, lift me to a level where I will be an employer. I will be a problem solver. The words of my mouth will open doors for people. I like the words of Peter Daniel. Say he consulted for a company. Talk to them for 10 minutes. They paid him a million dollars. 10 minutes talk. If you think it was a scam, it wasn't a scam. Because they made $100 million from what he said. Do you hear what I said? From what he said, they made $100 million. It's a man that his words carried a blessing. So when you are saying, God bless me indeed, you are not saying, God give me food. God said, I will bless you, you'll be what? A blessing. That's what you are saying. You are saying, let me be the restorer of the broken places, of the bridge walls. Let me rebuild walls. Let me establish things that will bless people. That's what you are saying. Lord, make me an inspiration to people around me. That you will have food to eat is guaranteed. Somebody say amen. amen. That God will, materi- that he will materially supply all your needs is guaranteed. Give me another amen. amen. So our prayer and is that, Lord, that is not enough. That is not enough. That, Lord, my presence should be a blessing. My life should impact something to my environment. Let my presence turn it around my street. Let it turn around that village I live in. That's what we're talking about. Let's read it, the story of Jabez. First Chronicles. I'll read it out, then we'll now read the prayer of Jabez together. Let me just start from um, verse, nine, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez. That is his, his name was Jabez because she said what? I bore him with pain. That is, Jabez means what? Son of sorrow. He said, now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you will keep me from harm that it may not pain me. That's all he prayed. And the Bible says, and God granted him what he requested. I'm going to ask you, what are you going to request of the Lord today? Don't ask for food, please. No. Don't ask for food. Say, Lord, make me a blessing. Pray like Jabez. One minute. Simple prayer. Pray like Jabez. It's a personal prayer. If you are doing something, already, say, Lord, make this thing a blessing. Let me not operate it by the principles of the world. Give me divine wisdom by which I will operate this, ble- this ministry that I have, this business that I have. Because your business may be your ministry. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Lord, I'm asking you bless me indeed. Bless the work of my hands indeed. Let my work bless many indeed. Let it change lives indeed.
this is what you call the new economy. We're in the new economy now. From here, you can change the world. So, Lord, bring glory to your name and to this nation through the work of my hands. From here, Lord, let me touch Australia. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. And change my name so my name will no longer be Jabez. That you will make my name great. And that my seed will be mighty on the earth. It's a simple prayer. Say, Lord, I reject all my you know, shortcomings. I don't know people. I don't have a good degree. I came out with a third class. I did not go to university. I did No, 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 no. Say, Lord, I reject all of those. I reject all of those. Say, Lord, I've heard the testimony. I told a man told me that I, I, I don't read much because I stopped in, in primary six. <laughs> and the man talking to me drove me in a limousine. Picked my wife and I from the airport in a Rolls Royce. And he said to me, oh, I don't read much. Now I told you, I'd rather listen because I stopped in primary six. Say, Lord, you will bless me indeed. I realize I have no shortcomings. I have no shortcomings. I have no shortcomings. You have removed my shortcomings. He said to Jeremiah, do not say I'm a youth. What's the Lord saying to you today? Don't say I'm, I'm uneducated. Don't say I'm too old now. Or I'm too young now. So Lord, I'm asking you, bless me indeed. And make me a blessing. That's the prayer.